You're listening to the Below the Yellow Line podcast from Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Below the Yellow Line. This is a kind of new series within a series, series within a podcast that I want to do. Hopefully, we'll have Emily back on either tomorrow or Thursday night for the uh, the standard, uh, you know, combined show, as I like to call it, where we're going to preview Vegas, recap Fontana, and we'll have both a post-race and a pre-race podcast out every week as well. Um, I do apologize if I sniff, you know, sniffle some in this episode. My nose is uh, decided to be runny today, which uh, not the best day for it to do that when I am recording some videos and some podcasts. Um, speaking of videos, go check out the Spotter Stand YouTube page if you haven't already. Um, for great NASCAR content, but this is a new kind of series within a series I want to do each week, um, maybe not each week, but at least, you know, every two, three weeks, called History Buffs. Um, I am a big history buff in general. I, I follow my dad in that respect a lot. Um, in fact, all, um, all six books right now that I currently have jumbled around my nightstand are, um, there are five books. Four of them are about just U.S. history, continental, um, America, Revolutionary War, stuff like that. One of them is the history of my favorite baseball team, the Atlanta Braves. So, I'm, I'm a very history-centric guy. I, I love learning about just, you know, American history, but especially NASCAR history. Uh, NASCAR, obviously, is a sport very near and dear to my heart. It's allowed me to do some amazing things, including, you know, launching a podcast, launching a, a YouTube channel, which, which I, I, think of, I perceive, is very, very successful. Um, and I, I love the history of it. One reason that I always say I love NASCAR is because of the stories, the people. Um, and, and every sport has their fair share of great stories, great nicknames, folklore, legends, um, and some stories that are so absurd that you can't even think of them as real. But for NASCAR, a lot of them are real. Uh, there's a lot of absurd stuff that has happened in the history of the sport. We've had a monkey co-pilot a car. Um, we we had to run races on Mondays because of laws stating that we couldn't run them on Sundays. Our, our, our sport literally started with uh, basically a bunch of criminals you know, running, bootlegging illegal moonshine across the hills of, of North Carolina and through the mountains of Tennessee and throughout the southeast, um, you know, during pro, during and, and, and after prohibition. So um, our, our sport is known for a lot of crazy history. The subject we're tackling today isn't exactly uh, as crazy. We'll get on to some of those um, later. But I, I just had the idea, you know, let, let's do a podcast where you, where you kind of talk about the history of the sport and, and discuss the sport. You know, some of these hopefully will be with Emily. Some of these won't be. This actually would have been a good episode to get her opinion on, but I'm sure we'll do something focused on Denny Hamlin uh, later in one of these history buffs um, episodes. The topic um, I'm going to tackle today, which if you can read the, uh, you know, if you can read, you probably read the title already, which I hope you have. We're going to be discussing which of these two NASCAR Cup Series drivers can lay claim to being the best to not win a championship. I think universally these two are agreed upon as the two best uh, to never win a Cup Series championship, at least not yet for one of them, but it's debated um, which one is better. Um, I'll give my opinion on that later, but uh, the, the debate is between Mark Martin and Emily's favorite driver, Denny Hamlin. I already know which way she would lean on this. I'm biased kind of the other way. Um, 
I think I've matured enough as a fan to not really dislike or hate anybody. You know, I, I, I don't really boo anybody. I don't have anybody that I necessarily dislike. I have my favorite drivers, sure. I have guys that I'll root for, pull for, but I don't have guys that I drive or any drivers that I actively root against. Um, but I am slightly biased in this argument because Mark Martin comes from my home state. I'm very proud of my home state of Arkansas, and he, he comes from there. I've also met Mark Martin. I've shook his hand. I talked to the man for about 10 seconds. He signed a diecast for me. He signed a hat. Um, my dad once bought a truck from his dealership, so uh, th those are all fairly loose connections to Mark Martin, but those are my biases. Um, as for Denny Hamlin, I respect the man a lot. I, I love how outspoken he is. I love his new podcast, Actions Detrimental. You should go give that a listen once you're done here, because Dale Jr. took a chance, and Denny Hamlin is running with it. It's a great show. Um, he's obviously a great driver. He has 48 Cup Series wins. He's also been, I agree with his statement, that he is the unluckiest driver in NASCAR history. Before Dale Earnhardt finally won the Daytona 500, you could maybe make that argument for him. Um, but that was only the Daytona 500. I'm not sure if anybody has ever had just a spell of bad luck. Um, as much as Denny Hamlin's whole career has almost been. When you go from the Hale Mellon at Martinsville last year, keeping him out of the championship race, when you go to getting, uh, like, uh, c come down on cutoff at, at Homestead in 2010, which basically took him out of the running um, for that championship race. Um, when you when you go to issues in the in the 2014 uh, championship, I think he was part of the championship four in 2014, wasn't he? I want to say he was. I might be wrong on that. Uh, but just a slew of stuff has really gone wrong for Denny Hamlin in his career. He's also had his fair share of run-ins. Think uh, Martinsville 2017, Martinsville a few other times. He is certainly not a perfect driver, and nor was Mark Martin, but Mark Martin was much more likable by all the fans because he drove, he raced everybody clean. He's a very respectful man. He's just a great person in general, but he was a very clean racer. Um, he was a guy that you could, you know, calmly he was kind of like Tyler Reddick if 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 you wronged Tyler Reddick he wasn't going to come up and start throwing punches he was a guy that was going to calmly explain hey you kind of ran into me shake your hand and probably take you out for a steak and wine dinner that night uh cuz that's just the man he is um had he been a little more rough would he would he have won a championship would he have won more races maybe so we won't know um you know, if if a if a good time machine ever gets invented one of these days, maybe we can go back and see. Um, but today we're going to be going over stats for these guys, and I'm going to let really you guys decide. I think Park Martin is slightly better. I think once Denny Hamlin gets to 50 wins, which he's only two away from, I will call Denny Hamlin better. But right now, and this may be because of my bias. But I think Mark Martin is the slightly better driver. I think he did more with less in some points. Joe Gibbs Racing was kind of already a built-up superpower. By the time Denny Hamlin got there, they'd already won championships with the likes of Tony Stewart and Bobby Labonte. Um, Tony Stewart was still with the team. When Mark Martin got to Roush Racing, he and Jack Roush, they, they didn't start that team from the ground up. At least Mark Martin didn't. But, man, what Mark Martin brought to Roush Racing was just absolutely incredible. And before you know it, you know, he comes there, I think, 1988, I want to say, was his first year there with the Folgers car. And you fast forward 10 years later, and, and he's a championship contender. They had the 16 with guys like Ted Musgrave. Eventually, that became Greg Biffle's signature ride. Um, they brought on the 17 with Matt Kenseth. We all know what happened to him. He's a Hall of Famer now, a NASCAR Cup Series champion. 
Um, you know, you, you look at, um, uh, you know, guys that went on to, to drive the six after Mark Martin. Hey, Trevor Bain won very good, but he won a Daytona 500, not with Roush. But, you know, David Reagan won a couple races. Roush Racing, Mark Martin really helped lay the cornerstone for what Roush Racing was. Um, so that's what we're going to be uh, looking at today. Alrighty, so now I want to start digging into some statistics. I'm not going to go all in detail on like top 10s, finishes, and all that. I just want to kind of talk about these guys' statistics here. Um, so Mark Martin won 40 NASCAR Cup Series races. Um, he, he I, I can't remember if he won a he he didn't win a Brickyard 400. I think he won one Coke 600 and one All-Star race. I may be wrong on that again. I, I think he won a Southern 500. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I didn't do as much research as I probably should have. This is kind of an on-a-whim thing, but I was like, hey, this would be cool. Um, regardless, um, Mark Martin's career um, was all kind of topsy-turvy. You know, here comes this kid from, from Batesville, Arkansas. Um, and, and before this, I'm getting nerdy here with my state's history and all this. NASCAR wasn't a big deal here. Okay, you had the Memphis, Arkansas Speedway in Lehigh. Um, it closed, it might have even closed before Mark was born. I think it closed in 1956, held its last race there. Maybe it was 57 after some fatalities at the track. Um... And I'm sure there were there were a fair share of fans here because it's the American South, you know. If you think about NASCAR fans in the 60s and 70s, you know, you probably think of your stereotypical definition of a, you know, like Confederate flag waving redneck. And we still have some of those people here today. But but I, I think NASCAR wasn't as big here because we weren't in the Southeast. We weren't in the hub of it. You know, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, those are the places where it was the biggest back then. It was still very much a regional thing. It wasn't just the South. It was the Southeast. It wasn't even, you know, you're not including, you know, Texas, Arkansas, Missouri, Mississippi, Alabama yet. Uh, it was only until NASCAR began to expand West. You think about the 60s. You think about the addition of tracks like Talladega. You think of the addition of tracks like Bristol in 19, I think 1960. Um you know, I know that's that's uh, that's East Tennessee, very East Tennessee, basically um, some of Western Virginia as well. But but NASCAR did slowly start to um, expand west, um, and and then this kid Mark Martin comes along, and before he got into NASCAR Cup Series racing, he was racing in the ASA series, so the the American Speed Association, I believe, is is the uh, what that's called what that stood for. And uh, he carved out a pretty good name for himself, eventually scrabbled together enough money, um, and said, all right, I'm going to be an owner-driver. NASCAR was kind of his uh, his dream. Um, I think he moved to Indiana at one point in there. Um, you know, that that's where that, you know, the ASA was huge in the Midwest, in um, Middle America, places like Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, you know, think about places like that. So Mark Martin... Um, I believe his rookie year was 82, I want to say, either 81 or 82, and he got involved in a bad sponsor, and I only know about this because of a great slap shoes video, I think, uh, Worst Liars, Thieves, and law Sponsors, something like that, one of those, you know, his channel's great, you should definitely go check that out, but, um, well, one thing I found really interesting about that is that the sponsor that he had, had sponsored Terry Labonte in his rookie year driving that, that 
that uh, I think he was in, was it a 70-something car? Um, I knew Labonte drove for, I think, Junior Johnson in the late 70s, but they'd sponsored Terry Labonte when he was kind of coming up through the ranks before he was an established star, before he won that championship in 1996 with Rick Hendrick. Um, but Martin had the Apache stoves, the wood-burning stoves, um, as his sponsor. And long story short, if you're thinking how, even in the 80s, how could a wood-burning stove company generate enough revenue to, even at that time, field a full NASCAR Cup Series team for a full 29 race season, well, yeah, they couldn't. Um, they never, you know, all, all their checks bounced, or they just didn't send them. Um, they, they just, they, they didn't have a profit. Um, so, so once Apache Stoves kind of left Mark Martin, he, he was kind of hung out to dry. He thought he, if he could win the Rookie of the Year award, that'd be enough to, to pay stuff off, and he'd kind of be in a good spot again, but he didn't. He had some incidents late in the year, and and um, he didn't win the Rookie of the Year award. So he kind of goes back to the ASA series, uh, but he wants to anyway, and, and there's really not a seat for him there. So fast forward to 1988, Jack Roush taps him to drive the number six Folgers car, and the rest is history. As they say, Mark Martin goes off and starts winning races. I believe 1990 was the first year that he finished second in points of the five times that he did that. Incredibly, um, finished second to Dale Earnhardt when Dale Earnhardt won um, his fourth NASCAR Winston Cup Series title. And so, for Mark, um, you know, he has it all then. And he starts winning races. Everything is going great. Valvoline comes on. Um... You know, we all know what sponsor would come on later for him in, in Viagra, but um, it, from then on, Mark Martin became a legend. Um, but there were two things he could never capture for whatever reason. Whether he finished second in points or something went wrong in the Daytona 500, it always was the Daytona 500 and the championship that eluded him. Always those two. Never could get either one. His best chance at the championship, well, it really happened five times. You think 1990, 2002, 2009, um, all those times. His best chance at the Daytona 500 was obviously 2007, where he lost by a few feet to the man that replaced Dale Earnhardt and Kevin Harvick. And um, that that one, I, I think, is one that will always sting for him. Um, then, you know, after the, the Ginn Motorsports collapse and... And his junior motorsports ride, um, he goes to drive for Rick Hendrick for a few years. And he very nearly wins the championship at like 50 years old or something incredible like that. Um, who knows what Dale Earnhardt would have done. Um, we know how good Harry Gant was once he got older. But Mark Martin may have been the best driver in his years over 50 in terms of performance. Because that five car was at the front every single week. Um, but here, when we kind of start looking at things, we'll see how well Denny Hamlin does. I think he's like 44, 45. We'll see if he gets to his 50s or not. I would say no, especially with some FedEx rumblings about them maybe leaving or scaling back sponsorship or whatever they're doing. Um, but that's kind of the rundown of Mark Martin's career there. So you look at 40 cup wins, no Daytona 500s, obviously no championships. Um, and not as many crown jewels as Denny Hamlin. Look at Denny Hamlin. He's won the Southern 500. He's won the Coke 600. He's won the Brickyard 400. Um, 
Or no, he hasn't won Brickyard yet. No, Harvick won in 2020, not Hamlin, my bad. I don't know, Denny has not won the Brickyard 400, or has he? I can't remember, honestly, guys, I'm sorry. I don't think he has. He's won the Daytona 500 three times, including twice in a row, which with the seeming randomness of super speedway racing now is, is a very impressive feat. Um, apologies for the, for the sniffles. Um, but, yeah... I can definitely see an argument for either side. You can say, well, Mark Martin was just so consistent, and that's true. Denny Hamlin hasn't always been consistent. It seems like he's always been a constant championship contender, but you look at years like 2013 where the only positive to really come out of 2013 was his win at Homestead to cap off the year. You look at a year like last year, well, yes, he was in within a few spots of, um, or he was a hail melon not happening away from making it to Phoenix. But um, he didn't really have that consistent of a year. He got a lot better as the year went on. But Richmond that year, earlier in the year, was his first top 10 in nine races. Um, so, yeah, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll come back and really debate this. All right, that was like a one-second break for y'all. But anyway, Denny Hamlin. Um, look at Denny Hamlin now. Um, so Hamlin, young guy, Chesterfield, Virginia, comes to the Cup Series in 2006 immediately. Makes a splash. Wins the Bud Shootout. He had what we thought were big shoes to fill. Jason Leffler, I'll say this. Jason Leffler was not a great driver, but he is missed. Um, passed away in 2005. Um, I think it wasn't a NASCAR accident. It was, I want to say biking or uh, motorbiking. Some sort of other incident took his life. You know, God rest his soul. Uh, but Denny Hamlin has to be brought in to drive for, you know, like I said, a Gibbs organization that was a powerhouse. Um, and he wins races. I think he swept Pocono his first year. Pocono has always been, you know, one of his tracks where you go to there and he's one of the immediate guys you put up on your board when you're doing your picks. Um, but, um, you know, rises up through the ranks, makes it to the championship four a few times. But you look at times, he's almost won the championship. 2010, spins at Homestead. Greg Biffle came down on him, kind of wrecked him there. Uh, you look at 2014, some stuff went wrong late. You look at 2019, too much tape on the grill. You look at 2020, they just didn't have it. They were one of the best drivers all year, probably the second best driver, barely behind Kevin Harvick, but they barely didn't have it. Um, 2021, again, just didn't have the speed. Um, and then last year, he was going to make the championship four. Um, if Ross Chastain took turns three and four at Martinsville normally, he did not take turns three and four at Martinsville normally. Not at all. Pulls the hail melon, knocks Denny Hamlin out of the playoffs, um, left me and the rest of the NASCAR world shocked, basically. And, um, yeah, it, it was a weird deal. Um, and you're kind of thinking, okay, how is he going to come out and respond? He's been all right. These first two weeks. He was sixth at Fontana this past weekend, but I don't really think this year, you know, really does a ton um, in this battle here. Um, now, I think once Denny wins a championship, if he does, that he will be considered better than Mark Martin. I think Mark Martin and Denny Hamlin both would acknowledge that. Although Denny Hamlin does say people compare him to the Mark to Mark Martin all the time. People, you know, he he always says he's honored. He doesn't. He says he he doesn't feel like he deserves to carry Mark Martin's helmet. Um, which is a very classy statement. I don't agree. I think Denny Hamlin is just as good, if not a little bit better, than Mark Martin. Um, I, you know, obviously I respect them both. They're both good men, good drivers. Um, but you look at Hamlin, and the biggest thing that I think sets him apart 
The reason I say once he hits 50, he'll be better than Mark Martin, you'll wonder why, hey, that's only two wins without a championship, is because of the three Daytona 500. I know Super Speedway, plate racing is kind of random, not skill-based, based on luck, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I think Martin's a little better now just because of his consistency, how good he always was. Um, but once Hamlin reaches 50, those three Daytona 500s carry so much weight. And the way they've happened, too, are just even more iconic. You think of 2016, the closest Daytona 500 ever with Martin Truex. You think of 2019, winning that race right after the passing of, of Joe Gibbs' son, J.D. You think of 2020 and that Ryan Newman wreck. That's how he won that race. And just such an iconic moment, if not, you know, scary. Uh, I don't know if you can say we laugh about it now, but we certainly look back on it with... Um, Let's tremble in, in our in our in our in our faces and our voices when we look at that, because uh, that was such a terrifying night. Um, but I think Denny Hanlon, once he reaches 50, I think I'll say he's better than Mark Martin. Um, if he wins a championship this year, the only one in one race or no races stays at 48, then you could definitely say he's better than Mark Martin. Um, people will say he's not because they just don't like Denny Hanlon, or they're just an oldie and they like Mark Martin better, which is completely fine. Um, you know, saying Denny Hamlin is better than Mark Martin or vice versa um, is is an opinion. It's not a hard fact. It's 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 subjective, not objective. Um, I think Mark Martin's a little better right now, but I think once Hamlin hits 50, which could definitely be this year, I'll change my opinion. If he wins a championship, obviously, then the debate's over. So then, if the debate does become over, if Denny Hamlin wins the championship or if somehow Mark Martin comes out of retirement again, that's not going to happen, then who are we looking at for the best guys to never win a championship? Um, one guy that immediately comes to my mind is Davey Allison. Um, you know, obviously he, his life was cut short. Who knows what could have happened? Um, Fireball Roberts, you know? He never won an Astro Cup Series championship. His career was also cut short. Um, you know, what What could he have done as, as we went into the 70s? Um, but, but I do want to look at one guy that I think could one day, if he doesn't win a championship, which I think he very well could. If he doesn't win a championship, I do want to look at one guy that I think definitely could be in the conversation, and that's Ryan Blaney. Um, he's been consistent. He needs to win a lot more races to be up here in this category. But I think if, um, if 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 Ryan Blaney is able to get around 40, 45 wins, but he doesn't win a championship, um, then the debate will no longer be between Denny Hamlin, because I think he will get to 50 and above in wins. The debate will be between um, Ryan Blaney and Mark Martin. But right now, I do believe Mark Martin's better. So final thing, final thoughts, I think Mark Martin's better right now. If Hamlin gets to 50, or obviously wins the championship, debate over it's Hamlin. This is going to be a debate that's going to go on for a long time. It's a debate that's already kind of picking up steam. I just want to share my thoughts on it. Thank you so much for listening to History Buffs. It's going to be a new thing we're going to hopefully do. Emily should be back on the show um, either tomorrow or Thursday or Friday or sometime. Um... If you're watching this on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, share. If you're watching this or listening to this on a podcast platform, rate, follow, share, um, comment if you can do that. Um, and go check out the Spotter Stand YouTube page. Thank you all so much for watching, for listening, uh, however you're consuming this podcast. I will uh, talk to you all very soon.
Thank you and goodbye.